Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show here. And uh, thanks, as always, for stopping by to have a, uh, a chat here with me about uh, and all things investing, stocks, um, crypto. You know, we're going to cover that, too. I know it's been bad out there, but uh, we, we cover a little bit of everything here. So uh, I guess first off, uh, I wanted to say that uh, we were talking about the uh, Fed talks uh, on the Facebook group. So if you're not over there, please get over there, join up, follow the follow along with what's going on. If you got news to share. Uh, go ahead and do that. There's a link in the description. Uh, so with uh, Powell coming out, basically saying a lot of what we already knew, right? We were talking about the uh, the FOMC uh, Fed watch tool. We were talking about this a couple weeks back. I don't know, two weeks back roughly. And they were saying that uh, it was a 75% chance probability that we were only going to get that 50 point rate hike. We were pretty much pricing that in. And there was only about 25% chance that we really went to that 75 uh, basis point hike to really continue those trends of those larger hikes. Uh, so he came out and basically confirmed that uh, things had been slowing down in a lot of different uh, aspects of what's going on in the market, whether it be in in uh, consumer spending, uh, housing, pretty much every different area of the market, he was saying that uh, there has been some demand destruction. Ultimately, that's what they want. They control the demand. And ultimately, um, we can kind of regulate where that market's going, really get a, uh, a nice, stable, he, he stressed that word, a stable uh, pricing on, on all things that uh, consumers really need. So we were watching that. We kind of got that news. The market took off. Uh, some people say it's on that talks. Other people say it's on the beige book that was released, which is another Fed uh, release that they post about uh, eight times a year. And uh, I was kind of looking through that beige book. And uh, I guess uh, it's pretty much uh, city by city where the Fed is. They kind of release a, a short pa a paragraph or so about really what's going on. Uh, most of the uh, most of the cities say that uh, um, you know things are slowing in one way or another. Uh, so Atlanta might be a little bit different. It said economic activity grew slightly, but um, uh, I think most other ones, New York declined modestly. Business activity uh, in Philadelphia was uh, pretty much stable, but it teetered on the edge of decline. Uh, so a lot of different things, wage and price inflation continued to subside there. They said Boston, uh, activity, business activity softened slightly. So there's all these different, uh, cities basically coming, coming together to kind of say the same things, uh, with a couple exceptions, but overall the, the story was pretty much that things are slowing and, you know, we can kind of maybe pull back the reins a little bit. So it was a little bit on uh, on what Powell was saying, but also on the fact that uh, this beige book really told us that things were pretty pretty much slowing across the board. It wasn't just one spot, but uh, it was a lot of different factors kind of being rolled into this big snowball 
that uh, was ultimately going to um, slow those interest rate hikes. So I guess I definitely wanted to point out that there was two sides of what was going on out there. And ultimately, we want price stability. And we do not get that with runaway inflation. So uh, while they are slowing, uh, it's we're not out of the woods yet. But uh, the market definitely took it as a positive uh, news headline, which uh, I'm not going to argue with. And uh, going forward, we've got another CPI read in 13 days from now, or no, December 13th, not 13 days from now. And we're ultimately going to see what's going on there. If that comes in light, uh, I definitely think that the market is going to take off for, uh, I don't know, we, we might get a sell-off at the end of the year. I'm, I'm thinking we're probably going to rally and then get a sell-off. But uh, I do think that the market is headed higher for the next three months or so. I do think that we could have a decent little rally here. Now, with that being said, I do think that that rally could certainly stall. Uh, so I don't want to see people rush in and start buying everything. And then when we start to see some of these these numbers coming in, unemployment coming or uh, going up more, more demand destruction. I don't know that it's going to be as soft as a landing as we would hope. And I really am kind of thinking that we're going to have some rockier uh, times, maybe uh, end of Q1, Q2 into 23. I do think it's going to be hard. We're going to have some very tough compar uh, comparables to previous quarters last year. And ultimately, with uh, more companies cutting jobs and kind of the amount of job openings going to, going to be declining, uh, we're also seeing a big, big demand uh, destruction of savings in the U.S. I'm looking over on uh, this one's on Y charts, but uh, kind of it's the easiest way for me to get multiple years in one. You, I could pull up the, the report right from uh, the government website. But looking at this one, we are looking at household personal savings rates. And I think the average is somewhere around 8%. I want to say is what it was. Uh, the long-term average is 8.8. .8. There it is. So we were at that 8.8% savings rate in the U.S., long-term average. Uh, we saw that those numbers spike rapidly due to COVID stimulus spending uh, or the, the amount of checks that were getting sent out, the fact that we couldn't go out and do anything. And everyone had extra money on hand, right? When I look at April 30th of 2020, that was the highest month, which makes sense. 33.8% savings rate in the US. Uh, then, you know, you fast forward to uh, September and it had dropped to 14.6% of, of 2020, that is. Now, fast forward again, October of 22, we are at 2.3% savings. So I think a lot of people are uh, really feeling the pressure of that uh, that rapid inflation that we've had. We're not having those stimulus checks. A lot of that uh, stimulus money is getting spent. And now where does that leave us going into next year? I, I don't think people have as much money. Uh, ultimately, inflation is eating at all of our savings. And really, what does that mean for these companies as they start to report in Q1, Q2? Uh, some of these companies are laying off, you know, by the thousands and really a lot of those high paying jobs are getting cut away. So I'm really worried about that time frame when uh, things really could get ugly. I do think in the short term, the market is going to rally on some of the, the short term news headlines 
that their rates are slowing, that uh, CPI or uh, the inflation numbers are coming down. But uh, then what? Then what? I, I definitely think that uh, 23 is going to be tough. And uh, once we get uh, inflation and CPI kind of under control, you know, we're going to have uh, wages that are are still increasing. So we're, we're still got, uh, we got some benefit on that side. But ultimately, are we going to have uh, the businesses really want to pay out more and more going forward? And I don't know that that's going to be uh, such a positive factor that's going to be on our side as investors. So really, a lot of different uh, factors going on. I do think in the short term, this uh, this next CPI, uh, I'm kind of thinking it's going to be lighter. We've definitely seen that demand destruction in a lot of different areas. We see it from the uh, the Beige Book report. We see it in what uh, Powell was saying. Uh, I think we see it as, uh, as consumers. Um, the amount of money that was spent on uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, those billions of dollars are now billions of dollars that we can't go and do other things with. So Really, I think a lot of that savings is uh, is getting washed away from some of this spending. And really, it's going to be a tough uh, next few months to to really go forward and see what this market's going to be all about. So I guess that's what I've got on that. Uh, I guess when we're looking at some more news here, uh, a couple things I wanted to mention. Uh, and the, one of the first things was that Pepsi actually did take... Uh, delivery of some of the first Tesla semi-trucks. And I believe they had ordered about 100 of them. They had done a 500-mile trip, loaded at 81,000 pounds successfully. And I believe they're some of the fastest charging uh, EVs out there right now. So that's, uh, I guess, definitely good for Tesla. We'll see ultimately what uh, Elon comes up with next for Twitter. That's definitely still a burden on the Tesla stock. But uh, Apple is ramping up work on the software for its uh, upcoming AR VR headset. And uh, they're still trying to find new new ways to unlock more value. I know we talked about them looking to possibly buy Manchester United. So we'll see what goes on there. McDonald's is testing a new small format concept in Fort Worth. Basically for uh, DoorDash and Uber Eats drivers to come pick up the food and leave. Uh, so it's a new smaller store with, uh, I think, less uh, dining room and pretty much more or less drive through or run in, grab your food and get out. Uh, so different concept there for them to unlock some more value. Uh, Disney is, uh, announced that they are going to be doing season three of the Mandalorian, which will be out on March 1st. And uh, I know I had some other stuff here. What else we got? We got, um, Ford sales numbers for November. They sold 146,000 vehicles down 7.8% year over year. And we saw more of that demand destruction when we were looking at the beige book saying that a lot of uh, used car sales are down drastically as well, uh, leading a lot of different uh, dealers to have a higher price on their inventory. And really, they're not going to be able to sell it for that. So that's another problem there with uh, used cars. Uh, Pfizer is uh, planning to invest more than $2.5 billion in Belgium and Ireland to expand its European drug manufacturing capacity, which uh, hopefully that will um, bolster their earnings and, and really get some more growth in some different markets. Uh, Metaverse, or the Meta stock, Facebook company, is urging hands-off approach to regulating the Metaverse, as we would uh, kind of think they'd probably say that, but uh, somehow that became a news headline. Um, 
Biden signed a bill averting a rail worker strike. And I know we had talked about that and uh, supply chain problems. And ultimately, it looks like that is a kind of averted for now. Uh, the U.S. Air Force is set to unveil its next generation stealth bomber, the B-21 Raider, built by Northrop Grumman. Uh, so that one is uh, doing well. I know Northrop and Lockheed have had a, a great year. Uh, most of the defense names have had a great year, uh, except for Boeing. That one has been uh, has been rough. But um, yep, the like I was saying earlier, the unemployment rate for November came in at 3.7 percent, in line with expectations. U.S. average hourly earnings for November came in at 32.82, up 5.09 percent year over year. So we're looking to uh, kind of get that corrected. Really see about what we've got going forward, and kind of get that uh, the wage and inflation numbers in line, so they don't just kind of keep spiraling. Uh, you know, kind of everyone wants a new job. We want more money here. And then it just becomes this thing where we're back and forth of this spiral of wage and inflation just kind of keep rising uh, as those two are closely linked to each other. So that's kind of what I got on that front. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about what all this means. We're going to see um, I've got a I've got a list of stocks here that I've really been covering. And I'm looking at stocks currently on this screen that show uh, companies that still have projected annualized returns greater than 15% with PEs that are less than 15. Uh, so some of those would be definitely investable for you. A lot of them have good dividends. And uh, ultimately, I think there's some value there. So stick around. I'm going to cover those. We're going to cover the uh, investing challenge. And uh, yeah, what else are we buying for? I think it's week 49 we're on. Yeah, week 49, so this one will be 50, and we've got two more left. I can't believe we are at the final stretch of this year already. So stick around. I'll be right back. We'll cover all that stuff. All right, welcome back to the show here. And uh, if you are not currently on the Let It Grow Investing Facebook group, please get over there and join. Uh, as Again, link in the description. But uh, if you have not opened a, an, an account yet and you're looking to get started, I've got some links there as well for uh, E-Trade, which is where I do the majority of my investing. We've got the uh, Webull Investing Portfolio for 22 for Let It Grow Investing. Uh, you can do fractional shares over there. I got links for that. Uh, plus Crypto.com and Binance. Those two uh, are there as well. Uh, so a couple things that I did not cover that I really wanted to that I, I kind of, they kind of slipped my mind. I guess it was kind of last week's news at this point. I kind of forgot about them. Uh, eh, maybe. Salesforce, um, another cloud computing data, you know, everything's online type company also had some uh, some bad news. We've got uh, a decent quarter again, guidance down and they are losing their co-CEO, Brett Taylor. Uh, so Mark Benioff is going to be the sole CEO of that company. And uh, that definitely seemed to hurt the stock uh I think it was Thursday that one was released. So let's take a look there. We were um, looking at this one. I do have a small stake in this company. It's not one of my bigger positions, but uh, it's definitely one that has been doing pretty well over time for me. Uh, this year, it eh, wasn't doing so hot. But uh, over the course of the run that I've had it, it, uh, it was doing well. You know, last December, we were up near 270. Now we're sitting at 144 coming off of a 136 low set early in November. Uh, so still 
I think they did uh, seven billion dollars in uh, in this last report in revenue, and uh, still a solid company. They are also just guiding down a bit. So this one did get beat up. Uh, let's look at the five day here. It came off of a price of around one sixty and shot down to that one forty five ish level uh, after this announcement. And um, still one that uh, I think long term is going to do OK, but uh, some of the, the short term news on this one is tough. Uh, so similar to CrowdStrike, um, you know, if, if you're thinking long term, this one is for you. I probably would have bought on this dip. I think I did add a couple shares along with a couple shares of CrowdStrike, as I said I was going to do. And let's just take a look at what CrowdStrike actually did. Because uh, I know I was buying it at about 111 on that quick dip uh, on Wednesday, I believe it was. And now we're sitting at 124. So we've recovered about uh, $13 from where it uh, had fallen on that, you know, less guidance going forward. And some of that annual recurring revenue, which uh, the CEO seemed to think that they're going to recover in uh, quarters, you know, one and two of next year. But um, it, it really depends on if the recession that uh, is kind of plaguing us is going to happen. Another reason why I think that Q1, Q2 could be tougher uh, with a lot of these different companies forecasting lower. They obviously are coming off of good numbers right now, but we're not sure as to where they're going. So again, another reason, another sign that I'm looking at some of these stocks slowing is uh, pretty much what these companies are telling us, not just what the Fed is looking at because that is all kind of historic data at this point. But these companies are really telling us what their outlook looks like. And uh, I want to pay attention to that as well. Uh, so that's there. And what was the other one? Uh, I know I had it. Oh, yeah, Blackstone. Blackstone has uh, some liquidity problems. And that is big news for uh, a lot of the housing market and the fact that these big-time investors want to pull out uh, more money than Blackstone has, so they have a liquidity problem. I think they capped it at 5% per quarter that they will pull out to their investors that want to uh, kind of liquidate their assets and go back to cash. And they've been reaching those numbers. And that's pretty much having them be short on cash. It's also having their assets under management uh, really decline which they're getting fees off of the amount of total assets under management. And as that number declines, the amount of money that they are making declines. They are also now having to sell properties uh, in their stake in the MGM and Mandalay Bay, which uh, is Vici properties. And that that's also hurting them as well. They're selling off some of that in order to raise capital to fund the people that want to pull money out. And that's uh, it's kind of a revolving door of problems there. Uh, we're, we're really waiting to see what happens with that housing market, ultimately what happens with Blackstone. And I have been in Blackstone for quite some time. It's one of my oldest stocks. Uh, it's currently at 85. The dividend is currently at uh, about 5.8%. My yield on uh, invested capital on that dividend is about 8% from where I bought it. And now that it has grown significantly, uh, I've kind of locked in that higher interest or not higher interest rate, higher dividend rate, and the stock prices continued to grow. Uh, so I'm I'm still happy with this one. I don't know that I'm buying it right now. I think if it does drop more, I'm going to have to add to it. Uh, 
uh, just really one that has done well for me. And I, I do think that they can kind of right this wrong. And it's a lot to do with the market. I do think that the market's going to recover, but I do think that it's going to be a tough spot in the next six to 12 months for that, uh, that housing space. We've got uh, interest rates that are going to continue to go up. Hopefully they can level off, stay stable. But that is also going to be a problem as uh, you know, mortgages are going to be more expensive uh, for consumers. So some more pressure there on that segment, but ultimately one that I don't want to uh, avoid if it gets to a, a higher starting yield and I can uh, you know, add a couple more dollars to this one for that long-term growth story. And that's really what I'm looking at uh, on a lot of these different names. And that kind of brings me to some of these stocks that... Uh, you know, we really are faced with right now, which, uh, which ones do we want to buy? Which ones are really going to weather the storm? And when I'm looking at that, I'm looking at a, a dividend growth investing page. And there's a stock screener that was brought up on here that is projected annualized returns over 15% and PEs that are lower than 15%. And some of these really are not uh, dividend growth stocks. And for a dividend growth page to post tech stocks is pretty rare from the standpoint that you know they don't have dividends for one, but two, that uh, they're normally not value focused. Most of these investors are looking for great value, uh, meaning lower PEs, less uh, of that high growth, high price to sales, and more that uh, sustainable growth long-term, you know, kind of a, a train that's just going to slow, slowly gr grow to where you need it to get to. So I'm looking at these and some of the names that kind of popped up are, are kind of surprising to me. There are names like uh, Amazon and Google, uh, Meta. We've even got Lamb Research made it on here, which uh, I mean, Lamb Research and some of the chip companies are not normally out of the question for dividend growth, but they aren't really you know, known to be big dividend payers at the same time. So we've got uh, some some different names that really caught my eye when I'm looking at this. And there's there's a lot of different reasons why I think a lot of them make sense right now. Uh, there's several chip names on here. Uh, we've got Broadcom, we've got uh, Skyworks, we got Lamb Research, we've got NXP, Semiconductors, and they all made the list, right? So we've got... Uh, Pretty decent yield when it comes to Broadcom. That's a 3% yield. Their Skyworks is going to be lower. Um, they are currently 2.6. And then NXP is 1.9. Uh, where was the next one? I'm trying to sort through all these here. Um, Lamb Research. Yeah, that one is saying zero, but that, uh, oh no, that's meta. Yeah, Lamb is 1.5. So, when I'm looking at these, I'm looking at an EPS growth on uh, Broadcom. That's about 12.5%. They've also got a PE that's sitting at 14. Uh, compound average growth rate is 16.3%. Uh, estimated five-year total return of 112%. So we've definitely got some value there when I'm looking at stocks like that. And I think that uh, the chip space has really sold off to that point where a lot of them do make sense. And we kind of know where the chip space is going. We're going to have higher demand going forward. It's been crushed right now. But uh, we even had some signs that uh, China could open back up. And they've uh, really taken enough of a beating by closing down uh, 
for COVID lockdowns long enough. Uh, a lot to do with the amount of hospital space that they have. Uh, some just uh, communist reign over the country. So we've got uh, a lot of these opening back up. Oh, I missed Qualcomm. Qualcomm's on here too. 10% uh, EPS growth going forward, 12 uh, times PE. So some definite growth there. Um, but other ones that made the list like Amazon, normally you're not going to see that on here because they have a high PE. So this one is a 20% EPS growth going forward and a PE, it says of a 19.9. I, I want to double check that one, but uh, that definitely seems to be a strong buy candidate for me. You've got a compound annual growth rate of 27.6% and uh, estimated five-year total return on Amazon of 238%. So definitely some big um, value names out there that really aren't typically viewed as uh, value names. Uh, I've definitely seen some of these industrial names kind of rally. We've had a pretty solid year in uh, in insurance names. A lot of those have really rallied back and they don't really normally do too much for me. They're really slow growers and I feel like our, our dollars can be put uh, to work a little bit better of places most of the time. But um, a lot of the de uh, defensive name stocks have really gotten to the point where I think they're just ahead of themselves. Uh, I was looking at, uh, what was it? Lockheed, I believe. And Lockheed has really been rallying and I mean, that was kind of one of my thoughts for this year is that defensive names were really going to do well. Uh, most of them have, like I was saying earlier, but um, currently Lockheed is at $495. We started uh, well, last December on the on the second, we were at $328. So this one has really taken off. Um, so I don't know that I really want to buy a stock like Lockheed after it's had a $160 run. Uh, the price target has actually got a 5% downside. So this really makes you look at where can we put money to work that we think is going to be a little bit recession proof. Uh, it's still going to get us that growth and it's at a decent price point. And some of these different names that are on this chart really make sense to me from the standpoint that uh, they have sold off too much. Uh, I do think that they have a long-term growth uh, trajectory and they're going to be names that are going to be around for a while. They give us some safety, and they also kind of insulate us from some of those price swings of, as they've already come down so far, uh, and they're really being treated unfairly in the open market, in my opinion. So I'm really looking at uh, a lot of these different names. I do want to uh, put this chart out on the Let It Grow Investing page, uh, really to get your thoughts as to what you know, what names really are catching your eye and see if we're kind of on the same path. Uh, I know there's definitely some that are going to be higher dividend payers uh, and you can kind of look at the colors on the chart. The green ones are obviously uh, higher and, you know, you've got a light green, a yellow, a red and kind of a, a, a blush red, I'll call it, as to the different uh, kind of heat map as to which ones we need to be looking at more and less, or if they're higher in the dividend, it'll be uh, brighter green. So the the higher dividend ones, we're looking at uh, Dominion Energy, which I still think that utilities should do well. Uh, Metafast is paying 5.4%. Altria, a 7.9%. Uh, but uh, you, when you get that higher dividend, you're, you're also looking at a lower EPS growth. So that's only 5%. Uh, and then your PE on Altria is a 9.8. So 
Uh, it's a cheaper stock, lower growth, higher dividend. So that's uh, kind of the trade-off for getting that higher di higher dividend is you're not going to get the growth out of it. Uh, so uh, what else we got? We've got uh, 3M at a 4.7% dividend. Uh, again, that one traded down pretty poorly on a lot of the different uh, uh, headlines and uh, lawsuits that have been around 3M lately. But um, again, lower EPS growth at only 4%, low PE, but not one that I really want to buy knowing that they've had all these problems. I would look elsewhere uh, where you've got a little bit better of a management, a little bit less problems, and ultimately a, a more of a growth rate on that one. Uh, so take a look at it. Let me know what you think. Uh, and I guess we can kind of cover that next time. If you got any questions, feel free to ask them and uh, maybe we'll kind of figure out this chart together. But um, with that being said, I guess we can go right into the investing challenge for week 49. And uh, where are we at? We've got uh, we've got five names on that one. That's kind of the setup that we do if you're new around here. And we are in week 49. So uh, we've only got that three weeks left of, uh, of votes. So if you can uh, go over and get your votes heard, I would definitely appreciate that. And uh, yeah, five stocks for this week. So we had uh, number one, Amazon. And I am still going to stand with, I think that Amazon is a great buy right now. Uh, due to the fact that it's sold off so hard, uh, a lot of the different problems in in retail, kind of, you know, all the different inventory issues kind of rolled off into Amazon. I think it was a little bit overblown. Um, so that being said, that's number one. Number two was going to be Rivian, R-I-V-N, the EV maker uh, that uh, is really starting out with the trucks and the SUVs, and they're trying to uh, kind of carve out a space in the market for them there. I'm sure they'll kind of come out in other areas, probably passenger cars, uh, you know, smaller SUVs, things like that. But right now that's their lane, bigger SUVs and trucks in the EV platform. And uh, they had about 61% of upside from last week. Uh, I haven't checked that number this week, but uh, Amazon had about 50% of upside. Uh, next one was Pioneer Nat. They had about 12.5% of upside and a 10% dividend on this oil uh, company name. I don't think that they do much in producing. They do a lot more in the exploration. And uh, yeah, so that one uh, definitely interested me on the fact that they had such uh, a high dividend. And uh, it is a variable rate. So as long as that uh, production cost stays high, you will get a larger dividend on Pioneer Nat. Uh, number four was Visa. And as we talked about earlier, those household saving rates are going through the through the floor. It is it is getting bad out there. It's the uh, the lowest rate it's been, and and I think it's a record low as the the savings rate in the U.S. right now at that two point three percent. So more people are using credit. So Visa should be a uh, a benefactor of all that consumer spending that is still out there. When we're looking at the billions of dollars that was spent over Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And uh, leading up through the holiday season, Visa is going to do better. And they're also having higher credit card fees and interest right now. So they are really just in that sweet spot of printing money, high margin. And uh, I think that they really should do well in the, in the next year for, for certain and beyond. I think they are a powerhouse that I wouldn't want to bet against. So number four was Visa. Number five we were looking at that California pension purchasing snowflake. 
And uh, they did get beat down this week as well with uh, CrowdStrike and Salesforce. Now let's just take a look over there at Snowflake. So they are a database uh, company that is basically going to get all your data from a bunch of different sources, import it into one uh, location, and you can uh, kind of get all your information from one spot. And uh, they're pretty much one of the one of the best companies in the in the game for that area. So uh, where are we on a five day on Snowflake? Uh, actually closed up. That's uh, that's kind of surprising. But uh, I mean, on Friday alone, it went down about four dollars and thirty cents. But from the start of the week, it uh, it moved higher. So um, definitely nice to see that one move up. But uh, I guess with that being said, we will go right to the results. And it looks like we are going to be buying Amazon tomorrow. And uh, I would be buying $200 worth of Amazon in my own money, fractional shares over on Webull. So if you need a link to get started and you're interested in buying uh, fractional shares or following along with us, you can do that over on Webull. Use my link to get uh, some free shares just for depositing any amount of money and uh, get going over there. Uh, now, going forward, we got to uh, take a look at um, what are we going to buy? What uh, what ultimately is going to be our safe haven going forward that we really want to get invested in? So I'm going to take a quick break, recap some notes here that I've got on these five names, and uh, I will return real quick. All right. So the five names for this week, and it is going to be week 50. Believe it or not, we are already there. I'm pulling all five of these names from this uh, chart that I was looking at on that uh, deep value, uh, higher growth, and, and it might not be that self-explanatory when looking at it, but I'm going to try to walk us through it. Uh, so there's definitely a couple names that I didn't want. Uh, a lot of those were going to be kind of cyclical in nature. Um, one that kind of caught my eye at first was Pool Corporation. Uh, they've got a high five-year total return estimate, but uh, I think going through the next year, it's going to be a little rough for them. So I kind of kicked them out, uh, kicked some of the different uh, growth plays out. Some of them, the, the numbers weren't looking like that much of a discount. So some of them, I just went ahead and kicked out on, on different uh, things that the industry that they're in, some of their growth, some of their dividends, uh, some of the safety that they would give us going forward. And uh, these are the names I came up with. So let me know in uh, in the comments if uh, you agree with any of these names or if there's some that you would have changed. Uh, I mean, there's some that I would probably still be adding to. I'm looking at Amazon. I'm looking at Google. Uh, those names are still ones that I would add be adding to and I am adding to in my personal uh, portfolio. But I know if I put those names against some of these smaller names, they're going to be the uh, the surefire winner for the poll. And I really don't want to skew it like that. So I wanted to maybe throw in some different names that might not get the same amount of votes and kind of make you think about what we've got going on here, what we're uh, kind of put up against and, and really what the cycle is looking like out there. So the first one, and uh, this is going to be the one semiconductor name from this list. I went with NXPI, NXP Semiconductors. Now... They uh, they don't have the highest dividend, but what they do have is a uh, an EPS growth of about thirteen percent, a PE that is trading at eleven point nine, and uh, that is currently at a twenty seven percent discount to their fair value PE. 
Uh, so their estimated five-year total return, 167%. Uh, and our estimated five-year yield on capital, 3.6%. So decent uh, yield in five years buying a, uh, a growth stock, really, and one that's been traded down about 28% this year alone. So yeah, that first one is going to be NXP semiconductors or uh, the ticker is NXPI. And uh, real quick, I wanted to kind of look at the uh, the upside target when I'm kind of comparing that to what uh, the analysts say out there. And so I've got a couple different screens going at the moment. Uh, so this one is still rated a buy when I'm looking at uh, Reuters and uh, yeah, not much on the way of price target appreciation. I think it's caught a lot of it's caught a lot of downgrades in the last 120 days based on a lot of the problems with the chip space. So one that uh, might not be roaring back uh, in the short term. But again, I think uh, in the space, it's trading fairly low. I'm looking at uh, the other names. They didn't have as much of a discount or their growth wasn't as high. A couple different factors there. So and plus the fact that we haven't really looked at NXPI at all uh, this year. So that is uh, number one. Now, number two, um, and now this one is one that uh, is going to go right hand in hand with my thoughts on Visa. And this name is MasterCard. MasterCard, we've got uh, a small dividend, only about half a percent. But uh, you do get a 20% EPS growth rate, 20% uh, estimated dividend growth rate. The PE is a bit higher. It is a 34. But... Uh, it does have a payout ratio on that dividend of about 18.5%. Uh, Five-year total return of about 145% with a compound annual growth rate of 19.64%. So that one, I definitely think that we're going to be in a sweet spot for credit spending. Uh, I definitely think that credit cards are going to go up. I certainly think that within the holiday season, they're going to, uh, they're going to surge with uh, that declining uh, household savings rate. And really no more stimulus checks out there. I'm thinking that people are going to go back to credit uh, pretty rapidly, uh, especially going into a recession. So I think that uh, MasterCard, Visa, all the uh, the credit card companies should benefit from that spending. And uh, currently has about a 10% of upside, according to the analysts. So we're not really looking strictly for upside uh, when we're going off of this chart, we're looking at uh, a couple different numbers that we might not normally look at. Uh, so 10% of upside and uh, long-term growth trajectory. Again, I still think that the, the credit card companies should do well in this environment. Uh, number three. Now, this one is going to be a, uh, a recession winner, uh, strictly for the fact that people are going to need to keep their lights on. And uh, that name is Dominion Energy. So the ticker is D. The uh, forward yield on this one, you're getting about a 4.4% dividend. Lower on that EPS growth rate because it's a utility company. They just don't grow as fast. Uh, they are currently at a 14.7 uh, PE ratio. That fair value PE ratio is about a 20. So that represents a 26% discount. Uh, a five-year total return of about 111%. Uh, so compound annual growth rate of 16.1%. And uh, at that end of the five years, it's a projection that we would be getting a dividend that is about 5.9%. Uh, 
Uh, so definitely one that I think is going to weather the storm. People are going to need to keep their lights on. Uh, more demand on charging of cars and things like that on that uh, electric side. So we're going to see more and more demand. And uh, ultimately, I think that this one should really weather the storm well. Uh, should we enter into uh, a recession or have that slowdown? Now, next, we have a name that uh, I really haven't done too much in the way of research on this one, but it was on this chart. Uh, it caught my eye and uh, let's see what you think about it. So that name is Baxter International. The ticker is BAX. It's a healthcare company and uh, they're going to have a bunch of different uh, products in, in surgeries and bedside. Uh, they've got smart beds and uh, uh, I forget all the, the different product offerings. I think Hillrom was one of their brands. But uh, a lot of different things in that healthcare space. And I thought, you know, people are still going to need healthcare regardless of what the economy does. And uh, we're, we're still going to have that insurance spend when, when people go in. So they're going to be less uh, concerned about the cost of it. They're going to go in and uh, insurance ultimately is going to pay for it. So I kind of thought, you know, healthcare might be a safe spot to hide out. And, uh, you know, when you're looking at surgery spending and all, people are still going to have to do that as well. So uh slower eps growth six percent we've got a two percent dividend on this one uh trading at a 14.9 pe so below that s p 500 average and the fair value pe is a 24.5 so that represents about a 40 percent discount uh and that five-year total return should be about 131 percent compound annual growth rate of 18.29 percent so i think that this one could weather out a recession um, plus the PE is a spot where I like it. Uh, it represents a good discount to where it, uh, should be trading and one that, uh, does have some different ways to grow and it is a smaller company. So, uh, I do think that they should have, uh, a decent runway going forward and be able to protect themselves in the way of a recession from having the strong ties to the healthcare sector. Uh, so number five, and this one, I, I know I've heard about it several times. I know I kind of mentioned this one having a higher dividend. And, and that name is Metafast. Um, so this one is trading about 45% off of its high. Uh, it's currently yielding about 5.4%. Uh, EPS growth of 15% with a PE of only 9.3%. So it's... Uh, trading 53% off of its fair value PE of 20. And that represents a estimated five-year total return, highest one on the list of 370%. So these numbers make me think that uh, I might've been missing something here. Uh, I'm strictly going off of these numbers. I did not do a deep dive into any of these companies. Uh, they do make a lot of healthcare supplements and uh, foods and things like that. I know there's a whole weight loss plan that's MetaFast based. Uh, so there's a lot of different things that are here that I do like. It adds a, at a deep discount on that PE. The, the forward yield is a 5.4% on that dividend. The dividend growth rate is also a 15%, which means in five years, you should be getting a dividend that is about 10.9% according to this chart. So it is the highest one when it comes to that five-year yield on capital, a pretty decent uh, EPS growth rate at 15. A lot of different things that I like on this one. It has taken a big hit uh, on that uh, 
price point where it's come down 45% on that stock price in the, uh, in the past 52 weeks. So there's a lot of things pointing to the fact that this one could be oversold uh, based on that PE, based on the decline in stock price. And again, I'm looking at this chart. I haven't really watched the uh, the actual stock price. I have not done a deep dive. This is kind of what I'm seeing off of this uh, this dividend growth investors uh, page here. And really, I just kind of wanted to see your thoughts. I think we're pretty well insulated in the way of recession. Uh, I guess the one that might not fit that bill might be NXPI in the way of semiconductors. Uh, again, I still think that we're going to have more and more need. And the fact that we had such supply chain problems, I think that that one should start rolling back. But MasterCard, uh, insulated. Dominion, uh, insulated from recession. Healthcare in the names of Baxter and Metafast, pretty well insulated. So uh, that's kind of what I got for you guys. Get over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Get your votes in. Please get your votes in. And uh, let's finish this year out strong. Uh, this one was definitely something different that we normally don't look at. I'm normally looking at uh, at some different stuff that uh, catches my eye. But uh, these names, I know we haven't really done so much on. Uh, maybe MasterCard we've talked about the most. But uh, ultimately, I think that these should give us some safety going through uh, what could be a rough patch, uh, maybe quarter one, quarter two of 23. But uh, I am looking forward to a Santa Claus rally, but uh, I don't want anyone to get caught on this one. So uh, that being said, get your votes in, get over there. Let's uh, let's talk about it some more on the Facebook page. And that's what I've got for you guys today. So thanks for sticking around um, and I will catch you guys in the next one. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.